Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. If you have that front load washing machine and you're not changing that filter, 90% of the units out there have a little basket filter in there that is accessible by you pulling that out, mm. cleaning it out. The coins, the bobby pins, the, the screws from DIY <laughs> people are all catching in there. And what happens is, and this is where it gets you, it's the dryer that electric dryer. Because many times you're taking the clothes out of the washer, it went on the spin cycle, but it wasn't draining fast uh, enough, so it didn't get all really the water wet. out of it. Oh, I hate when that happens. That's why it happens, because that so, filter's clogged up. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline. Well, today I wanted to talk about saving people money because that's a hot topic right now, you know, because dang, stuff's not getting cheaper out there. But you can make some really big mistakes if you buy stuff that you think is getting you a good deal and then you end up with problems. So let's start off with your list because Eric's made a list that is pretty darn good. Thanks. These are our top 10 DIY tricks that don't save you money that could cost you a bunch of money. The first one, walking into that paint store or the home improvement store and buying that cheap paint. Mm. Gets you every time. So why so is let's the paint say- cheaper? Like what? I mean, I know a little bit about paint, but let's talk about it. Like, so people go, it's paint. Why does it matter if you buy you know, box store paint, or if you actually go down to your local paint store, what's the difference? Is there a difference? Well, you know, there's different brands and, and, and I'm not even do- dogging on box store paint, you know, let's say, let, let's grab bare paint, you know, Home Depot as an example. If you go in and buy their cheapest paint versus their premium paint, there's a big difference. And a lot of it has to do with how well it covers you know, how thick it is, how well it's going to cover when you put a coat up there. And two is how bright and how well does the color stay to it? If you paint a wall, is it going to stay true to that color? Is the color going to fade over time? Is it cleanable? You know, all those different things are related to that. And the reason why I started out with this one is if you go down to, here's my great example. You go down, you're going to paint a bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. And you go down and buy two gallons of $25 paint, the cheap stuff, versus maybe the 45 gallon paint. Yeah, 50, 50 bucks, gallon. right? For like yeah. or a bit 50 more. bucks for, yeah, decent that. stuff. So let's say you buy 50 bucks. When you go down and do that, on average, it's going to take at least twice as much of the cheap paint by the time you get coats and stuff on there versus the good paint. So you're going to spend 
about the same money or a little bit more for the cheap paint by the time that project is done because you have to burn through so much more paint to do it. I have to say, I don't I don't know why I've never bought cheap paint, but I've always either bought Sherman Williams or Benjamin Moore. Those are the my go-to companies. And I don't know why that is. It's not for any particular reason. So I'm trusting you that the paint is definitely thinner and less vibrant and, and makes sense. I mean, it's cheaper. And that, and that can be within those brands too. I mean, if you look at the coverage and, and you can do this and do your own little test, go down and get some sample tests of, you know, little quartz or pints of those. And you can go down and, and it's amazing the difference in coverage and, and what that color looks like. If you want this like velvety blue finish, that better paint has a, a cooler sheen to it. So it gives you like more depth and it's not just as, you know, it's, it's just got better binders and everything else in it. So it's just a higher quality paint and it looks better. And of course it saves you money because you're not having to buy as much of it. So really not even counting your time to paint it. You know, maybe it'll take three coats to cover where maybe you got one coat with the good stuff or one and a half, you know, going back and doing some touch-ups. So, so you get what you that's where for. the big one is. You do. You do. Number two on this list is a big one. And it's one that I have challenged with out there because I do a lot of testing of this. Do not buy the cheap LED light bulbs. Really? The off-brand ones. Even, I'll be honest, even some of the Cree brand ones. Hmm. You know, a traditional, here's what happens. A traditional LED light bulb can last you a decade if it's a good quality one. But the problem is, is the cheap companies do these drivers on the inside of them that fires up the LED. One, they use a lot of the cheaper the bulb, they use more power. And second, they're lower quality. So what happens is, is that bulb stops. I have got a set of bulbs in my bathroom that I bought and they weren't too cheap, but they're decent ones. And I bought them from Home Depot and they discontinued them. And I see why <laughs> they haven't lasted me more than a year. And it's the, they're the, the, the mini base candelabra bulbs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to buy a more exp- and these were fairly expensive bulbs. I'm going to go a totally different direction because these candelabra bulbs maybe last nine months before one of them is at a different dimming. You know, I can switch the right. bulb between different fixtures. I'll turn it on at 50%. That one's at 20. And I go huh. to hundred percent. It's at 50. It's just at a weird thing and it How just doesn't work. A, an led bulb last. Typically, uh, you can get a decade out of those, just depending on how much you use it, you know, how much you turn it off and on. But you can get a decade out of an LED bulb if it's huh. a good one, you know, and there's not that time. much difference. Yeah, there's not that much difference between a, the price of a cheap one and an expensive one. So you're just better off getting a, a better brand bulb and get something that's going to be durable for you. That's a key right there. So here's the next one for you before we go out to break here in a few minutes. Cheap flooring in any kind of a wet room, including a bathroom. Cheap flooring in general. That's my pet peeve. Too much chemicals and most of that stuff anyway. And I'm talking, you know, those. remember they were big in the 80s and 90s, the peel and stick 
12 by 12 tiles. Yes. Do they you can still get them in a those? box. You peel the back. Yeah, they do. Really? Yeah. But I got to look this up. They sell it at the box store. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. I'm checking it out. It's not like I go shopping for those things. <laughs> Come so. on. You know you're putting in peel and stick. <laughs> oh, man. Not a chance. But the problem with those is that as you use those things, and this is where the, the bad part of this is, is as you use those, you know, water gets down in between those because, you know, you're just basically peeling and sticking and butting them up against each other. Oh, my God. Right? Look at this. Peel and stick vinyl flooring at Lowe's. Wow. I'm looking at Home Depot here. Peel and stick flooring. Oh, that came up pretty easy. And so same kind huh? of thing. I'm looking at it here. Yeah. They got some Isn't that crazy? interesting. I mean, I can't get over the, uh, some modern looking designs, but this can't yeah. be good. Dollar 39 a square foot for something that's supposed to look like Carrera marble. Yeah. The problem you have with that is that in between every one of those 12 by 12 tiles, you have crap that gets caught in there, right? Oh, that's hard. It's just dirt. And if you've got, this is, and, and that's one thing, but what I don't like is when you get the water down in there, because now that subfloor material, that's not oh, treated it. soaking in, you get dirt gunk. You can never get those gaps in between those things clean. This is like a giant sticker on your floor. Who puts, I can't even believe this is popular. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Not yeah. Like, they got them in something. stock at my, at my home Depot. Yeah. I see it. People are putting, don't do this. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. Don't. Good. Yeah. Not a good idea. How about for like I, I just don't recommend that for kids. Like what if they were doing like a dorm room or something? Maybe No, just put a nice vinyl plank down there so you can clean it. Yeah. When we come back, let's dive back into this list. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, I'm Rudy Wade, and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. Listen to my music to improve your home. You got me thinking about the day we move along. You have me singing in your head like your favorite Welcome back to the Around the House show. Now, if you want to figure out how to get a hold of us, you got questions, make sure you get a hold of us over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. And, of course, see us on Facebook where we have around the house show and our closed group around the house nation. And of course, Instagram. And uh, what do we have? We have LinkedIn as well, right, Carolyn? LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us everywhere. We're everywhere. We're not doing TikTok yet, but uh, maybe soon, maybe soon. You're going to do TikTok? I don't know. We might. My daughter keeps trying to talk oh. me into it. So we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll watch you do TikTok. I know it. <laughs> if you and I lived <laughs> close, we'd do the, uh, we could do the, uh, the uh, tortilla slap challenge. Oh. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yes. Did you see the one with uh, the, rock? Oh, the Rock? Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't want to do funny. slap slap challenge with the Rock. No, no that's scary. what I was thinking too. I was like, that's it not the. Out. Yeah, I don't want a tortilla break my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to our list here: the top ten DIY tricks that don't save you money. And this is one here that I see. And, I, and I, I'll be honest, I've done this 
and made this mistake myself. So this is something that I can say that I've made this mistake before. When you're doing tile, covering bad wow. prep work with tile, you know, oh, it'll be fine. I'm going to put mastic or thin set up and it'll be fine when I put tile over it. It'll take up that. No. No. Wavy. Wavy. You want to get that work done behind it. And many times you might be better off ripping it all down and doing it. It will save you money in the long run by doing it because especially if you're paying a tile setter to come in, going back and getting that perfect saves so much on the tile installation time. It saves you a lot of money in the long run. And look what happened to my mom. Like backsplash tiling is not easy. And if you're off by just a quarter or an eighth of an inch, you can get all messed up. You know, the, the easy way to look at that, fix it. go into a commercial mm-hmm. building and look at their tile work, like a hotel or a restaurant. I tell you what, the standards for commercial work or like maybe a, a chain gym and, you know, and look at that. The tile work is always so horrible in those. Really? Oh, yeah. I never noticed. Take a look. I got to go. In. Next time you're in a, next time you and your significant other are out there uh, going out to dinner and you go and use a restroom. Take a look at the quality of the tile jobs. Oh, like how about like Planet Fitness? Oh, yeah. go into like a Planet oh, Fitness yeah. and check out their tiles. It's like blind people laid the tile in there sometimes. Seriously, <laughs> and I think blind people do better because they're going to have sensory with their hands and be able to go. That doesn't feel right. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. So that's one of my big one of my big pet peeves on that is just. Get the prep work done. Your your mom's backsplash was a perfect example of not taking the time and doing mm-hmm. it right. Yeah, they just and that was done by a so-called I'm putting air quotes professional. Yeah, yeah. Be careful with that one. Contractor. Contractor, <laughs> professional. So the wow. next one here is a big one. And I know this is this is right smack dab in your wheelhouse here, Caroline. Those cheap 99 cent air filters. Oh, and that could be your car too. Like, oh yeah, car filters, vacuum filters. Don't go for the cheap bags. Don't go for the cheap filter. Make sure you're using the right stuff. Same with your HVAC. Make sure you're using the right designated filter for your HVAC. Now, and don't go. Now, let's let's touch on this too, because this can be just as bad. You can sit here and put too good of a filter on there. You know, if you've got a filter that's rated, you know, your, your system says, well, we recommend a a Merv 8 and you put a Merv 13 on there. You could have some problems. Think about it, guys. You're slowing down your airflow. It's like your air can't go through. So that's not good for the system. So you've got to use the right designated filter or go as high as your HVAC professional recommends. So you can ask them how high of a filter can I go without causing a problem? And they'll tell you and then do that. Especially right now in the middle of summer, because that's how you freeze up HVAC Mm. systems, having too big of a filter or that filter that's clogged. That's the two that'll freeze up really quickly because you've reduced that airflow down. Now, the other thing is too, is, is, you know, when you think about those cheap, the cheapest air filter you can get, those are designed to keep the cat from going into the unit and it's to protect the unit. That really isn't doing anything anything for you. Yeah. They're like those blue filters that a basketball could go through. Yeah, They just, I don't even know what they do. Do they capture anything? They they keep big pieces from hitting the fan. Really? It's just a fan guard is all it is at that point. 
You know, it's keeping in case the cat gets in there. Yeah, the toy, gets plastic the toy. And- <laughs> yeah, a leaf. You know, something weird. Oh it's there to catch it. Exactly. It is not there to carry to catch dirt, dust, pollen, dander, particulates. Particulates. No, no, none of it. None of it. So. <laughs> Get a good filter, get a good filtration system, and when in doubt, like you said, Caroline, consult that HVAC professional because, man, that can get you. That can get you, and we Mm -hmm. don't want to see that. We don't want to see that at all. Now, the next one is even worse, and this one we're going to talk a little bit of time on, and we'll probably even go into the next segment with it here, but using or purchasing the cheap online water filters for your refrigerator or filtration system. Mm, So for water too. That's what I mean. Those water filters, those water filters that, you know, like for instance, I have a, I have two refrigerators here. I have my KitchenAid one that's out in my garage and I have my LG one that is inside. And that LG one, I buy the LG filters from online. And I put them in there. Mm -hmm. Could I jump on Amazon and buy a $3 filter instead of a $45 filter? Sure. Yes. But you've run into problems when you've done that, right? You've seen chemicals come out of those that Mm -hmm. aren't good for you. Oh, yeah. You don't know where they're manufactured and what kind of products. There's no quality control at all. So, I mean, just a whole filtration system. And these are not cheap ones. Like I've seen water filtration systems that are $3,500 that have benzene and chemicals in them. So it doesn't have to be something cheap. It's not knowing where it's coming from and if it's made overseas and quality standards and all that. Yeah. So go with what's designated for your appliance. Same thing as like HVAC. You want to make sure you're using what is recommended by the manufacturer. Yeah. And, you know, when in doubt, get, you know, on the HVAC one, just to go back to that, get the 3M or whatever brand it is, you know, the, the branded filters, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I have a carrier system. I buy the carrier filters for mine because they're a special filter for that system. And I, I could go buy the off brand one, but that's what I do. Yours are expensive. Yeah. Expensive. Hundred bucks a piece. How much does a filter cost you? Hundred bucks a piece. Ouch! And then I, I buy them in two packs, and so they're two hundred bucks for a box of filters of two. That's a way to save money, actually. So same with like dehumidifier filters. Buy as many as you can. The price is always lower if you buy more, and you'll need them. It's something that you're not going to not use. So yeah, it's smart. Get the case. You're right. Get the case. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. have it for a few years. It's going to save you money. Hey, when we come back. We've got so much more on the list here. We'll do that just as soon as around the house returns. Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we talk home improvement every single week. Caroline and I have been going through the top 10 DIY tricks that don't 
save you money. Don't. These are the ones that cost you money, Reiterate right? that. Don't save you money. You think they're going to, but they do not. They cost you money. They do not. Now, this next one is one of the biggest offenders. This one is, as far as taking dollars out of your pocket, this is one of the ones that steals money from you. I feel like it's going to be stealing from me. Am I doing this? I think so. Maybe. I'm doing this. Old refrigerators in the garage as your beer fridge or your extra freezer. Those cost you serious money. Mm. I have two refrigerators. I do too. I have to. But there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, it's, this is something that I learned. I used to, probably 10 years ago. I used to maybe even more than that. I had that old like 1980s fridge that was just the old beater fridge out in the garage. The workhorse. That was for the. <laughs> that doesn't die. Pop the beer. The, oh yeah. It <laughs> just never dies. That thing cost me so much money for the power it used. <laughs> yeah. The seal didn't work great. It ran most of the time. And, and I started to really realize what those cost. Like I have a sense home energy monitoring system at my house. Right. I can go on the phone and see what that's costing me. That's crazy. And those old fridges can cost you two and three times what the new fridge does. So in a handful of years with what electricity costs, you can literally sit there and, and buy a new fridge and save you money in the long run. Or even a newer fridge that's used. How about those freezers? Like the the old freezers. Those probably cost a fortune too. Oh, if you've got a 10 year old chest freezer or a 10 year old upright freezer, same kind of thing. And when was the last time you defrosted it? Mm. When was the last time you serviced it? Like vacuumed out. Nobody does that, right? They just stick it in the basement. But that compressor will run twice as long because the, there's all the dust bunnies wrapped around it. So the air doesn't get through there. So it doesn't have a, the compressor runs longer because there's no airflow. Over That's the interesting. So if you don't clean off your coils back there, is that for every refrigerator or every, every refrigerator and freezer, See every guys, single one, get that, take it out, pull it out and shop vac it or get the shop vac. You got oh God, it. I gotta do mine. That's a big savings. Hmm. Yeah. You think about what that's doing to the, to the environment down there. It's running and running and running. It's like putting a blanket over those coils. They're trying to get, you know, they're trying to pull heat out of the, ref- out of the freezer or refrigerator and put it outside. Well, if you don't have any airflow over that, it's so running true. so much less efficient. Wow. See? So a little maintenance on that goes the same way. And I'm going to give you another side mark on this one. That's not on the list here. If you have that front load washing machine and you're not changing that filter, 90% of the units out there have a little basket filter in there that is accessible by you pulling that out, mm-hmm. cleaning it out. The coins, the bobby pins, the, the screws from DIY <laughs> people are all catching in there. And what happens is, and this is where it gets you, it's the dryer, that electric dryer. Because many times you're taking the clothes out of the washer. It went on the spin cycle, but it wasn't draining fast uh, enough. So it didn't get all really the water wet. out of it. Oh, I hate when that happens. That's why it happens. Because that so, filter's clogged up. 
That filter's clogged Shut up. So door. when you notice that those, yeah, when you notice that those are getting heavy, when you grab that load of towels and you're like, wow, these feel yeah, heavy. They're, they're saturated. Saturated. So now the dryer's got to run for an extra half hour to dry it out. And the dryer running for a half hour is now costing you money because you're paying for that heating element for an extra 30 minutes on every single load. Great tip. That's the bomb right there. That's really good. Plus, what soap was that thing sitting there on the rinse cycle? Ugh. Were you just going and you have soap still in your clothes? Yes. Because people use way too much or, soap or anyway. Or fabric softener. You don't need yeah. that or much. Or fabric softener. Ugh. Yeah. You know, you didn't probably get those things clean like you should have. I, I'll be honest. I use the extra rinse on my machine. Me too. Is that bad? I do too. I feel like I'm wasting water. No, I mean, you're using a little bit of water. Top load. Yeah. I mean, if it's a top load machine, I I mean, that could be using an extra 30 gallons. I feel like I have to. I don't like the residue of the soap all in my clothes. I want that out. Yeah. I do it too. Uh, No, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, yeah, that could be for you. That's an extra 30 gallons for me. It's an extra probably 10. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But yeah, you know, I, I like that. The other thing I also do on mine too, is when I'm doing my work clothes and stuff, you know, from doing projects, I also use the pre-wash, pre-rinse cycle too. I have a thing on mine where I can add a little bit of soap on the pre-rinse. Yeah. And so it does a pre-wash to get the big stuff out. See, I'm going to get, you need a separate washer and dryer for your work clothes. I'm going to work on that. Well, I'm going to work on yeah. you on that. You don't want to be putting that in with I you. I don't have space for it. Oh, uh, we'll make you some space. What do you mean? Yeah. We'll We're DIYers. I'm going to make you space. Yeah, I know. It's real estate. That'll be part of the addition. That'd be a good way to do it. But again, those are those things that really get you on the expense side of thing. Yeah. And another money saving tip that I think that would be good too, is when you're really trying to watch in the summertime, the heat inside your house and you're worrying about your power bill, sometimes heating up that microwave is going to save you a lot of energy and put not putting a lot of heat in your house on the appliance side of things versus using the oven or stovetop. Wait, so you're saying use a microwave, don't use the oven or stovetop? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to reheat something, maybe use the microwave instead of the oven because the oven's, you know, using so much more. I mean, you're using the microwave might be using 10 amps of power of 110. That range could be using 25 amps of 220. Yeah. So it's using four times the, four times the amount. So something to think about. Something to think about. Those are all things that can cost you money. So the next one we have here, let's do this one before we go out to break here, is a big one. Skipping that HVAC maintenance. I talk about this all the time. I can't, I feel like I reiterate this almost every show. You guys have to do your service, especially, I may let you go a winter on heat. Like you can do it one year and skip a year. But I, especially if you have gas, if you have oil, you need to be doing it regularly. But your air conditioning has to be serviced at least once a year. If you're living in climates where you're running four seasons of air conditioning, you've got to do this Mm -hmm. at least twice a year, sometimes three. It's got to get serviced. You can't, you have water sources in there that can clog up. Your pans can clog up Mm -hmm. and that will overflow. And if you have these units up in your attic, which a lot of places like in Texas down South, they have all the air conditioning units. They don't have basements. So you guys have it in your attic. What's going to happen if that overflows? You're getting floods. You have to do this. It will cost you so much more in the long run if you do not service it. Please, please. 
and they're going to stop you from catching those problems that you're not paying those extra rates for them to show up at the evening or the weekend and those emergency rates. You can spend an extra 250 bucks just for that service call on an emergency yes. basis because they're showing up in the middle of the night or they're showing up on a Saturday or the holiday. I just had a friend. She's, she's like, That's the one. it's so hot in my house. It's, you know, we're in summer months. It's hot. She says it's running 85. I feel it's like 85 degrees in my house. I'm like, you have no free on. Yeah. And she goes, what? And I'm no. like, when's the last time you serviced your air conditioning? She's like, oh, I don't know. It's been years. I'm like, how can you do this, people? You, how can you not do that? <laughs> you yeah. Well, and then they're also out there. They're cleaning the outside coils. Maybe they're cleaning yeah. the inside coils or making sure everything's tuned up and working great. You're getting the most out of that machine. And that's where the key is for that. So that's a big one. Now, we've got a few more here when we come back after this, because I tell you what, there's some other ones here that are going to be even bigger, maybe than some of these other ones as far as wasting money out of your pocket. And we'll do that when we come back just after these important messages. Don't change that channel. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kamin from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show and uh, Caroline and I were just talking offline and she brought up a great point. If you're using HVAC to keep your house cool and you've got that 100-degree heat outside and you want to just kick it up a notch, right? Mm -hmm. Throw that mister out by the compressor out there for the HVAC unit where that unit is in the fan. If you direct that towards the fins, water moves heat so much better than air does. So you'll get an extra 5 to 10 degrees inside your house. It's a good little trick on keeping that house cool. But one little thing, if you've got hard water or, or you know, just that uh, – that high, you know, mineral deposits, I don't recommend doing it because that mineral can build up on your coils and it'll be harder to get it off. The, the misters are just like what you see at sporting events, right? Or, or people's barbecues and it just gives off that fine mist mm -hmm. and you'll walk in there and it's kind of cool. Those little cooling stations you'll see sometimes in the summer. It's just one of those. They got them on the shelf at Lowe's. You can go down there and uh, man, they work really well for that. Good. Mine is ready to go. Well, we got a couple more to hit here, Caroline. So we've got um, number nine on the list is keeping that old water heater that you haven't maintained around instead of replacing it. I love this. This is one of my favorite tips because what happens at the bottom of the water heater? When was the last time you flushed that thing out? Because here's what happens. If you've got hard water, since we were talking about hard water, or even on a well where you might get some sand and stuff in there, you know, on an electric element, you have two elements typically on a 50-gallon water heater. That sediment can bury that bottom element. So you're sitting there getting it hot. But only but with it's the just top. getting the with the top. It's so inefficient. And you're heating with the top element and the bottom one, well, you're still using the electricity. It's just not heating water. So it's costing you a lot of money to do that. That's a so, great tip. 
That is now the one here. Number 10 is an important one. This is one that I look at and go, okay. And it's debatable for many people. Watch those home warranties or extended warranties. Those are the worst. I'm sorry. Those things can bleed you dry. When you sell or buy your house and they offer you a warranty, to me, it's garbage. It is absolute junk. I've never seen it really come in handy. They send out people who are not, in my mind, as expert of a level as they should be. You always seem to get someone. It's a makeshift. They fix something temporarily and then something breaks again. I've never seen these things go well. I'm sorry. And someone can argue with me. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's had good experiences with them. But my clients, it seems to be it's very cheap. And the replacement parts and things that they use are never good quality. And when they do, you're not getting a new heating and cooling system. They're spending a hundred bucks and putting a new part at it, whether it's cost effective or not, they are going to get that thing running again for you. And that's all you're getting. They are not going to sit there. The only way you're not going to get that is if that thing is so discontinued that they don't have any other option, but I promise you they will try everything else to do not to have to replace that. All right, we've got a new segment here that we're going to be doing. Ask the Around the House expert. So if you want to ask that, make sure you reach us over at Around the House online. And uh, we got Detective John from Portland. Welcome to Around the House, brother. Hi, uh, thank you guys for having me so much. Love the show. Thanks, man. Thank you. You got a good question here. I, I like stuff that makes us think a little bit. So uh, why don't you fire that off for us so the listening audience can catch up? Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. So we've got a standard uh, construction house made in the mid-90s, crawl space. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, about 56-degree air coming out of my dryer vent. Uh, there's no HVAC plumbing anywhere near it. Uh, so I assume I've got some sort of pressure issue going on, but I cannot figure it out. Yeah. And you've got yeah. pictures. I mean, it's uh, I can't see that on the radio or the podcast, but you've got a picture with a thermal imaging scanner that uh, – FLIR showing that you have exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, Caroline and I have some interesting things on this. So you have a crawl space down below. So that answers the first question. And if you don't have an air conditioning duct on the other side of that, I got a feeling, and Caroline will jump in with this too. I think we both feel that you've got an overpressurization in the house. You've got positive pressure there. And if you've got positive pressure going into the crawl space, you could be pushing air up through that wall cavity of 50 degree crawl space air and shoving that out through that opening. Cause that's just going to be the easy path to lower pressure. Okay. Yeah. And so, the other caveat is, so I did some work down there where I sealed up the, uh, the pony wall, the mm-hmm. exterior pony wall with uh, rigid foam. And I used spray foam to seal that in. Okay. And then I covered my, all of my uh, foundation vents except for one. And that okay. one just happens to be right below the duct for the dryer. Do you have any kind and of pressure? So you've sealed that off. Are you running any kind of dehumidification down there? Are you running anything for air exchange at all? Because now you've got this yeah. dead space. So what are you doing for air exchange? Yeah, I put a dehue down there. Uh, okay. DHU, uh, and that is plumb. I plumb that through one of the vents outside. So that's where the water dumps. Well done. Okay. It's internal pump. Uh, and I've got a uh, humidity gauge and temperature uh, monitor down there, and that reads about 68 degrees. Okay. And that's at the furthest end from where this vent is. So I want you to try something here. Um, is that your thermal imaging camera? Are you borrowing somebody's or you got 
you got you have access no, to it. Uh, that's okay. Mine. Cool. Yeah, it's mine. One thing I would like to do just to try to see this, you could also have a in-wall duct someplace that is dropping up in there or a stud bay down below that's kicking up air into that area where that is. So I'd be curious to see if you turned the fan on with no air conditioning for 15 minutes and shot a temperature at that, but leaving the fan on on, right? But no AC versus turning AC on and see if there's a temperature variance between those two. Okay, yeah, I can definitely try that. Because that would tell you that you have an air duct leak someplace in the house. And I've seen this, Eric, you've probably seen it too, Mm -hmm. where there is a duct that you never know you have and it's inside the wall and it's just hidden. Somebody's buried it and they've done some really crazy things. So that's the other, the, the one thing. And then the other thing I had a question about was when you, when you sealed off your basement, um, and, and usually this happens when we pressurize and bring, so say somebody wants to use an ERV in the basement area and they bring just a little bit amount of air in, they create this pressure that causes the ground underneath to come up through the interstitial wall cavity. So imagine like you're bringing pressure in, but instead of you think like it would just keep everything out, but it manages to seep up through the walls. And I'm just wondering if you're getting any of that cold air that's been sort of is lost, or maybe the pressure change is just enough in where you um, did your containment that it's allowing that to come up the sides and that could be cooling off the metal as well. So you're getting it from the interstitial wall cavity, a cooler temperature. Okay. And that could make sense also where I have my temperature gauge is at a higher level in the crawl space than where the duct ends up terminating mm-hmm. to the external wall. Yep. And there's probably a five foot difference in height okay. there. So okay. that could be a two. Yeah, this is a good one. I, I love this one because it's, it's uh, probably, and I'll say this out of the last eight years I've been doing around the house, this is probably one of the best questions we've had that we, that, that Caroline and I both went, wow, this is a good, deep question. I like this. There's obviously an answer, right? But we just got to (laughs) figure out kind of where that's coming from. And so there's some high-level troubleshooting on this. But, uh, you know, the other thing is, is what is your heating and cooling system in there? Is that a a forced air gas heat with with an air conditioner? What do you have for your heating and cooling in the house? Yeah, exactly what you mentioned. There's also an ADU attached to the side of the house that was a converted RV garage mm-hmm. into a one-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Okay. Uh, I installed a mini split in there last year. Okay. Uh, there's an access hatch into that uh, space that I sealed with rigid foam as well. Okay. Okay. So those are two different spaces that are separated. Dis- yeah, completely disconnected from this space. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that pressurization has me kind of – I've seen this happen. It's so crazy. We've tried to stop um, chloridine and things from coming up through a floor. Like think of it like radon, whatever you have under your floor. And we pressurized it with an energy recovery ventilator and brought in some positive pressure. And so we saw the drop. It changed it so that the radon and all of the, the chemicals weren't coming up through the floor anymore because we pressurized it. But guess where it all came up through? It came up through like a volcano through the sides. So it came up right through the interstitial wall cavity and upstairs above the space, we started getting all these wacky readings. So think about your air could do that too. You could push cold air up. I mean, it'd be kind of strange, Eric, that it would be that cold. Sounds like there's a hidden duct blowing into the wall somewhere. I mean, I've had it happen. I found one that was like inside the wall cavity. Well, I'll take, uh, if it's okay with you guys, I'll take uh, some more readings down there with the fan on, Mm -hmm. no fan on and AC running and uh, use my thermal imager and kind of see what the temperatures are telling me. And if that's cool with you guys, come back and maybe give you an update. Of course, brother. That would be great. That would be great. 
Awesome. All right. Sounds well, like let's. Uh, I hear the music in the background, Caroline. We should run. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.